she she tried to pepper her book with these little, I guess, supposed to be insightful quotes. And I was laughing and I shouldn't be. I should have been inspired. And one of them was, <laughs> you cannot be betrayed by someone you don't trust. Duh. What? <laughs> Am I supposed to like clutch my pearls and be like, girlfriend, preach? No. <laughs> and that was the type of quotes and phrases that were all throughout this book. And it was like she was trying so hard and I could feel it. And it was, it was desperate. I didn't <laughs> like it. I just love Don. This is why we do book talks. <laughs> Am I supposed to be clutching my pearls going, yes, girl, preach. <laughs> oh my goodness. Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Novel Universe with your hosts, Ashley and Dawn. Today, we are going to be talking about The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. Quick disclaimer here, Ashley is currently in uh, the Smoky Mountains, so my internet might be a tad funky for this episode. Hopefully, it will not be, but if you hear momentary uh, delays, you know why. Um, Okay, so... We are going to start off our podcast with a non-spoiler section with um, what we liked and we didn't like about the book, and then we'll go into a spoiler section, and we'll notify you as soon as we're about to do that, just in case you have not read this book and don't want to be spoiled. Also, if you choose to, please like and follow us on our um, Instagram page, Novel Universe. And you can also download us pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, Dawn, give us that wonderful description. All right, Dawn is prepared because I have the book (laughs) in front of me so I can do the description. Rule number one, the poison must never be used to harm another woman. Rule number two, the names of the murderer and her victim must be recorded in the apothecary's register. Okay. One cold February evening in 1791, at the back of a dark London alley in a hidden apothecary shop, Nella awaits her newest customer. Once a respected healer, Nella now uses her knowledge for a darker purpose, selling well-disguised poisons to desperate women who would kill to be free of men in their lives. But when her new patron turns out to be a precocious 12-year-old named Eliza Fanning, an unexpected friendship sets in motion a string of events that jeopardizes Nella's world and threatens to expose the many women whose names were written in the register. Um, there's another little paragraph. Should I read it? Yeah. Yeah, I have to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In present-day <laughs> London, aspiring historian Caroline Parswell spends her 10th anniversary alone, reeling from the discovery of her husband's infidelity. When she finds an old apothecary vial near the River Thames, she can't resist investigating, only to realize she's found the link to the unsolved apothecary murders that haunted London over two centuries ago. As she deepens her search, Caroline's life collides with Nella's and Eliza's in a stunning twist of fate, and not everyone will survive. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) All right, Dawn, what did you rate this book? I gave this book a 1.5. 
I hated it. I hated it. I actually enjoyed it in uh, some parts, so I gave it a three. Okay. A three, three and a half. Um, And we can also get into that um, in our likes and dislikes, of course. But I I honestly didn't know that your uh, writing was going to be so cutthroat. Now I'm curious to see why. (laughs) Yeah. I, I actually listened to this book. And I don't know if it was because I listened to it, but I was very much so, like, in the thralls of what was happening. I was like, oh, I got to wait, 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 don't talk to me because I'm trying to figure out what's happening right now. Okay. So maybe it was better narrated? It could be. Maybe. That's happened. But <laughs> before. All right. Well, we can just get into our dislikes here. My uh, first dislike is... Caroline's POV is extremely distracting at times from the story. I found myself wishing that we were more in Eliza and Nella's lives. So the story follows three women. Two of them are based in the 18th century that you follow their timeline um, chronologically. And Caroline's is in present day and hers is obviously not chronologically Um, And so I found myself really wanting to not listen to what Caroline's story was like. I really wanted to keep myself immersed in Eliza and Nella's world because you could definitely tell that they were from the different century in some, some cases, especially in how they were talking and the different writing style that was chosen there. But Caroline's POV, although it could have been done better it was a little bit distracting okay when would you say <laughs> i didn't like any of the characters so caroline was the worst of the three but i didn't like any of them so okay okay what's your first dislike you didn't okay. like any of them <laughs> So before i give my first dislike i want to read another paragraph that follows the description And it says, with crackling suspense, unforgettable characters, and searing insight, the the Lost Apothecary is a subversive and intoxicating exploration of women rebelling against a man's world, the destructive force of revenge, and the remarkable ways that women can save each other despite the barrier of time. This book promises a lot, Uh what I just read, and it did not deliver any of that. Uh It was not crackling suspenseful. It was not subversive or intoxicating. Like none of those things happened, and I was a promise. I was promised a lot, and it didn't deliver. And if you hear some like once again, if you hear some like buzzing or fuzzy in the background, it's um, Ashley's traveling. So yeah. So um, there's a show on a uh, Hallmark Mystery Channel, and my mom watches it. I don't watch it, but there's a show called Aurora Tea Garden. And it stars Candy Cameron, and which means it's going to be super chaste because, you know, she loves the Lord. And there's going to be no murders. I'm sure there might be murders. I don't know. But there is no revenge killing or periods or anything like that in the Aurora Tea Garden. And this read like that. And it's not supposed to because it's supposed to be about revenge killing and poisoning and all the things that promised that I just read in, the, in that little paragraph. And that's kind of, it read very sweet 
and cute. And that's mm-hmm. not what I went into this book for. Yeah. No, I I mean, I I I couldn't agree with you in some of those points there. And like I said, I think because I listened to the book, the differences in the women's voices that were speaking helped add to this lack of cuteness. Like it wasn't listening to it wasn't cute, but I could see what you're saying though. If you were reading it, cause I'm like, you know, people narrating and reading are separate things, how we portray them in our world. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, <laughs> my next dislike for this book is that, I had an issue, this is again with Caroline, I had an issue with Caroline's husband. Caroline's husband is supposed to be this man that basically uh, is too busy for her, but he wants her to do exactly what he tells her to do, so that way she doesn't have to worry, yada, 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 you know, lo and behold, we find out that he's been unfaithful, you know, and all of these things, and how his character pers is portrayed out in the end of this book is kind of contradictory to what his character has been like how, how he's been portrayed in this book, I guess you can say, because he does something that is completely out of character for him. And that doesn't quite make sense at all. Like it's supposed to be like this big mystery thing and like, an uh, Oh man, can't believe he did that. And I was literally sitting there thinking like, that was kind of like a cheap shot. I don't think if I like that because it doesn't make any sense because it doesn't apply to his character mm-hmm. and how we've been told that he is. So it's completely from left field what he does. We can talk about it more in the spoiler, but it's like, I had a problem with him there. Um, and just with the men in general in this book, they were just flat and, you know, inconsequential. Like, you're just kind of like, this is just a, a woman's book, I guess. Yeah. With and some men. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And that's going to go into my second reason why I don't like this book. It's her writing style. I think that's part of the problem. She's also a debut, which might be a part of the problem as well. But so many of the characters were underdeveloped. I mean, her husband, James, was barely on the page. Yeah. And and you kind of hit it on the nail when you said, that's not what we were told about him. Well, we shouldn't be told, mm-hmm. we should be shown. And there wasn't a lot of mm-hmm. showing here, it was a lot of telling. And so when yeah. that happens, when something happens out of character, it's just like, oh my God, Aurora T. Garden Mysteries. Like, really... This is. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was. It did. It did feel very hallmarky. The ending did. That's probably the best way we could kind of simplify everything. Because the way things came together, I was like, "This is too sweet." Yeah. Too and, clean. And also very clean. <laughs> clean, as she said, clean. Mm-hmm. And it, it was very quick, like. I think they mm-hmm. had maybe t- two conversations, two conversations. And that that was that was the extent of her and James. It mm-hmm. 
that that's on the lower end of my dislike list. But my next one, like I said, it is the writing style. I felt like this author was trying way too hard to be a critical writer, and it showed, and it wasn't good. And uh, Caroline, mm-hmm. which was one of them, like she's the main character, well, one of them. And like you said, she's going through um, this. Her husband has cheated on her. She comes to London by herself on her 10th anniversary just to kind of, you know, clear her head or whatever, get a, escape him for a while and clear her head. And you know that she's going to grow because through the whole book, she's talking about how, you know, like you said, um, she let him make the decisions for her. She, she put away her dreams for his dreams and all this stuff. So, you know, she's going to grow. But uh-huh. by the middle of the book, this is an example of her growth, which I thought was elementary at best. So James shows up in London just out of nowhere, and um, he gives her a heads up that he's coming, and he's in the hotel room. She's been out all day, and she's he's in the hotel room, and let me see. I marked it. So she gets back to her hotel, and she's like, I hesitated in front of my door, wondering if I should knock just in case. No, this is my room. He was the interloper. I slid my key card into the door and went inside. That's her growth. I'm not going to knock. And that's the, that's the surface level critique we're talking about here. She's writing a book about revenge and feminism. And this is as deep as it gets, folks. That's it. That's it especially for Caroline. And that's just not good enough. If this is supposed to be a thriller on the level of like girl on the train and gone girl. And that's kind of like the modern standard right now that we all can agree to disagree. In my opinion, I liked girl on the train because I thought it was very thrilling. It had some feminism and some revenge. Like that is a feminist revenge book. And it was very thrilling. And if you're kind of comparing this to that, it's not even close as far as the thrilling part or the character development, as far as I'm concerned. Um, another thing that old girl did, Penner, that's her name. She, <laughs> <laughs> she, she tried to pepper her book with these little, I guess, supposed to be insightful quotes. And I was laughing and I shouldn't be, I should have been inspired and one of them was, <laughs> you cannot be betrayed by someone you don't trust. Duh. What? <laughs> a- am I supposed to like clutch my pearls and be like, girlfriend, preach? No. <laughs> and that was the type of quotes and phrases that were all throughout this book. And it was like she was trying so hard and I could feel it. And it was, it was desperate. I didn't <laughs> like it. I just love Don. This is why we do book talks. <laughs> Am I supposed to be clutching my pearls going, yes, girl, preach. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I mean, just to, just to continue to add to pretty much all the things that we've said that we don't like about this book. Uh, I was disappointed in the fact that this book, I was, I was expecting suspense because that like preview that you're given on the inside of this cover of this book is like, okay, draw me in. I want to know how women back in the 18th century have drawn together to take out men who 
are either overpowering them or um, using their masculinity to make their way through the world and to put them under or what, what not. Okay. Like, let me know why this is such a big deal that this is happening. And I, I still feel like it was very subtle. I wanted a lot more about where the apothecary came from because we get a little bit Bella's backstory with her mom and how her mom started the apothecary. And I still feel like when did this turn into a place that gives out poison to kill? I I, I didn't get that. I was still kind of like waiting for the moment where it was like this big epiphany. And I don't think it it was going to be that big epiphany because it is in relation to how she was hurt in the past. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. You know, that's, but, but what I'm saying is I wish it was more because okay. it's, it's cracked up to be this like huge underground place that only women know about women's servants. And it's super hidden. Like, give me all of that. I want to know why, because every medicine is a poison and it's in itself, right? Everything given to us to help our ailments if taken in larger quantities can kill you or can incapacitate you in a very bad way, <laughs> you know? So it's like, I wanted to know why. And I guess that also goes along the lines of like Eliza and Eliza trying to, I, I she, she had this, her, basically her period came. Can we talk about that? Like her period came and she thought that a ghost was haunting her. Because the period came. Did no one talk to this girl about her her cycle? She's 12. No one. No. And it went on for the majority of the book. How she thought she was being haunted because she had a period. And she didn't know she had a period. <laughs> yeah. I have that on my list as well. Yeah. It's like, okay, um, all right. Not necessarily the period part, but the whole magic thing. She kept talking about magic, but there was really, it was underdeveloped and it was really, it was resolved, but it was, it was one of those, really, that's it. You talk this the whole time and that's it. And the whole, like you were saying how she got her period and she thought that the 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 man that she killed was haunting her okay it wasn't like explored at all and maybe it's your guilty conscience are we going to talk about that or no nothing it just wasn't talked about it wasn't explored at all and Mm -hmm. that is another one of my reasons for disliking this book is that there was no cohesion in this book Mm-hmm. I think the first half of it was okay, but, and I'll get into it more in a spoiler edition, but when this second woman comes into the shop, that's when it all goes downhill because it's just like, bam, here comes this woman. It causes all this problem and it's rush, rush, rush. And it wasn't thrilling. I thought the whole part with Eliza and 
her poison story, that was a little, that was a little tense. I was like, okay. But then after that, it was just. It's kind of mediocre. Yeah. Mediocre. That's a good word for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It was kind of, because like, like I, the whole part with Eliza and you know, what happens in her beginning of the story, I was like, yes, give me more of that. Like what's going on here. It's like this secret you know, women's club that only women know about. Like, oh, do you know about that tavern? You know, on Block 3B, um, if you go back there and you stick your note in a little bucket, um, basically this woman comes out and she attends to your needs and she'll give you something to help you. Okay. Like, let's mo- let's use that story. But um, what was the next part that I had? <sighs> I had an issue with the ending. I had an issue with the ending. Yeah. I did too. I'll but say I won't go into it as a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. you have any other little nitpicks um, you want to talk about? Oh, I, I have nitpicks are separate from this. Um, <laughs> there was like no foreshadowing. Like at all. With the exception of the tagline. The tagline is the only foreshadow. Which is rule number one. The poison must never be used to harm another woman. That's the only foreshadow. You cannot mm-hmm. put one foreshadow in your tagline and that's it. That's not how you write a book. Mm-hmm. I, so that was a problem. I mentioned the pacing was way too quick. And in the book description, it talks about this apothecary killer. And it's like hyping it up like it's this huge killer and the town is like worried and everyone is like, oh my God, we're all going to be poisoned and die. And nobody thinking about this woman and her poisons. What nobody thinking about her? Mm-hmm. So she built this up to be this apothecary killer. No, it really wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wanted to know more as to why Nella was the way that she was, you know. Like, I wanted a better reason. And when I found out the reason, I wasn't okay with it. So. (laughs) That's how I feel. Ashley, one-on-one over here. (laughs) When I found out, I didn't like it. So, therefore, I don't like it. (laughs) Um, I have a nitpick. This is one of my bigger nitpicks. Uh, Okay. So, Eliza is 10, and she grew up on a farm. No. Not even grow up. She's from a farm. And one day, her she's mom... She's 12. 12. No, she's 10 when the book starts. And one day, her mom is like, I need you to get off of this farm because you're just going to rot and die here. And I'm going to take you to London <laughs> because you can be anything you want in London. This is 1791. What are her options? A seamstress, <laughs> a cook, maybe a teacher. Ain't like she gonna be an architect or mm-hmm. a doctor. I'm like, you mean to tell me you dropped your daughter off 10 in a huge city so that she can be anything she wants? This ain't 1980? What, is, what was that? That was so stupid, <laughs> Ashley. I lowered my rating immediately. So she can go and work. For some woman. Okay. I said you were feisty reading this word too. I was very upset. I was upset. 
That's nitpick number one. Did you have any nitpicks? My next little nitpick is that the oh, the the woman that comes into the apothecary, the fact that like that was the de, like the start of the demise of everything. I didn't like that. I wish it was something else. It was just too like you're gonna do what I say. And there you go. And Nell was like, well, no, I'm not. And then she was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to, you know. And the whole entire time, I'm like, is this woman dying? Is it like, what's going on with her? Like, ah, I didn't like that because I felt like Eliza and Nella were too smart to mess something up. Does that make sense? No, they weren't they weren't smart enough to mess something up because this woman kept a freaking book of every murder and murderer out in the open. Um but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They're dumb. No, I, I the, the the whole bottle situation thing. Oh, I still God. wanted to just be like okay. I'm not going to go into any more detail, but it has to do with this woman and there's a bottle and whatever. Yeah. We could probably just cut it here. Yeah. <laughs> that way we don't give any more of the story. I do have, like, yeah, we'll cut that for the spoiler-free part. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a tiny nitpick, uh, but <laughs> because I was so bored, sometimes when I'm bored and I read a book, I notice little stupid stuff, whereas if a book was actually good, I would be distracted, but I wasn't distracted. So when Caroline first goes into the library... And she goes up to the Cirque lady and she's like, can you please tell me about uh, where to find gay, lo- gay, gay, what's her name? Gaynor? Gaynor, and, yeah. And the librarian says, um, how am I supposed to know who that is? We have 2,000 employees. Can you be more specific? How many people named Gaynor are living and working <laughs> at this library? I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, oh, not Gaynor from adult fiction. No, it's Gaynor from MAPS. Oh, thanks, maps. Oh, my God. Okay. You spent way too much time on your mind. It was so boring. I was noticing all this dumb stuff. And that was one of them. You said it. It's not like her name was Jane or Emma, which is like stereotypical British names. Gaynor? Maybe it is. Maybe it's a family name out there. But, like, a, a whole bunch of people are named Gaynor at this library. Gaynor Maps. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, and my last nitpick was, I swear, everybody in this book was pregnant. Everybody. Oh, yeah. Everybody had a pregnancy problem or wanted to be pregnant or lost a baby or something. Or just had a baby. Yeah. Or... There's yeah. something in the water, apparently. Oh, my God. It's that River Thames. That's what I'm blaming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's true. That's all my nitpicks. I'm done. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, well, we'll move on to likes. Um, Do you have any over there? (laughs) (laughs) The only only reason why this book got a 1.5, not a 1, is because I like the idea. That's it. (laughs) And maybe the cover. That's it. 
Okay, well then, Ashley, you just have to sit back and listen to my likes because I listened to all your little nitpicking schnickens over there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so for me, I really did appreciate Penner's attempt to come up with this historical fiction idea of a an apothecary that is out there basically aligning with women to empower them and to make them feel like they have ownership over their own bodies in a world that's predominantly male uh, run to have that. Um, I really liked that. I loved Nella's story because I really wanted just more of her and what's going on in her life and how she's just by herself. Like I was always like, what's happening with her? I was always very excited to, to listen to her. Um, I did enjoy, I also didn't like it as well, but I also did like it. (laughs) Um, Eliza's naiveness in a lot of mannerisms. I did enjoy because historically it was correct with her not understanding what's happening to her body. She had no woman around in her life to tell her like, Hey, this is what's going to happen. Um, but even her, I just wanting to find a way to help Nella and, you know, even going so far as to find, um, a magical shop, if you will, to try and find some sort of potion to help her. I was like, okay, that's true to her character. I enjoy that. Um, I loved the the I loved Caroline's hunt for the apothecary. Like kind of going back in time and the fact that she still had to dig around to find where this apothecary was all on her own. And it wasn't something that was written down. It was still kind of sealed off from people's eyes. I enjoyed that. Do you have another nitpick? I mean another another like pick? I do not. Um, let's see. For a long time in the book, I did enjoy the scandal of the poisoning, basically. Especially the first part of the book where we learn about Mrs. Mr. Amswell. Is that who it is? You know, and uh, um, how he gets poisoned and whatever. I was like, that's genius. Like, sticking it in something and masking the disguise of it and you not realizing it, you know, and use a bottle that's not even um, dated so then that way they don't know where it came from. Like, this is just genius. Uh, but, yeah. I did enjoy the the attempt of this story because it was something different and it was refreshing and there wasn't a thousand million characters that I had to keep track of. So... I guess that ends our spoiler-free. Um, before we go, into <laughs> you have another one. No, I don't have another thing. Another one, but before we go into the spoiler-free, I just want to mention some books that I thought did this topic way better. And <laughs> these books are all YA books, which a lot of people are like, "YA is stupid. All it's found is love triangles." And bleh. well, these are not. These are actually pretty mm-hmm. good critical books, and they are. 13 Doorways, Wolves Behind the Mall by Julie Berry, I want to say. Mm. No, Laura Ruby. Oh, my goodness. Laura yeah. Ruby. Damsel by, why did I not write these people's names down? <laughs> Damsel's so good. I read Damsel. I can't remember. Like, the name recently. Name. 
Sadie by Courtney Summers is revenge and it's thrilling. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yep. And The Female of the Species by Mindy McGinnis. So those are all books that are similar to this. It's about women joining together or seeking revenge because men have done them wrong. Some of these have some uh, supernatural things going on in them. And they're all far better than this. And they're all young adults. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can do spoilers now. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. Okay. So we are going to spoil it for you in five, four, three, two, one. Where would you like to start, Don? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Let's start with the period thing. So she seemed Penner... That's her name, Penna, right? She seemed yeah. to be trying to say something with that. And usually when people put uh, menstruation, like a, a like menzies, I can't remember what it's called, your first time, it's usually a reason for that. It's almost always feminist. And so she gets hers when she kills Mr. Atwell. And that's it? Does that mm-hmm. mean she's a woman now because she had her first murder? I don't know what Penner was trying to tell me with that. Because it's just kind of... I don't understand it either. Because I don't know if it was just the time frame of it all, or if it was to frame Eliza as a naive, like, little maid in a house that literally has no idea about life outside this world, um, or outside of the four walls that, that she's in, right? You know, she's literally taking care of her mistress by writing letters, and that's pretty much all she does. Like, she's just there to help the mistress there. So I don't know if it was to play on the fact of this type was happening back in the day, often that we bringing, you know, girls into these big houses and then being used and abused by the masters where they didn't really know because they have no idea how their own body works. We don't know. That's what I was waiting for as well, because it's like, we don't know why the period thing was an issue for so long. Like, is it talk about, like, it's a ghost of her past? Are you trying to make her feel bad for what happened? I don't know. I think, I think you just answered it. I think before her period, she was a naive little girl. And then after her period, which coincidentally coincided with her killing someone, now she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've read that a million times. What else you got? Like... I just felt like that was pointless, almost. Well, it was pointless in the fact that it was brought up so much that, and it wasn't really answered. I was still waiting for the big moment as to why that was the big deal. And then even with Nella, you know, and, well, do you want to talk about that? Her, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. her story? So, and even with Nella's story, you know, her... Her revenge on men started when she was basically used by a a man that came in and basically was, you know, asking for a potion to help heal his sister when in turn was actually his wife from a pregnancy and yada, 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 and all this stuff like that. And he gets her pregnant. Well, lo and behold, he actually ends up poisoning her and makes her lose the baby because he doesn't want to have a baby with her because he's married, you know, and this whole like twisted thing. And it's like, I just, I wanted more of her story of why she just started to 
hand out poisons to not help, not just to help women, but to help them achieve taking out the men that are ruling their lives. I wanted to know why that was such a big deal. Because it didn't seem very, like, yes, she was hurt. Yes, she was wanting revenge in some manner, but I don't, I don't recognize the turn as to when that became a lifestyle that she's hiding this apothecary from everyone. Yeah, I agree. And I I think, well, obviously it's the author's fault for not, for not creating a world where we see a lot of women being used and abused. We just see it with Mm -hmm. Eliza and Caroline and Nella and that's it. But what about women on the street or other women that she's helped, or, you know, there could have been some, there could have been some flashbacks of other women or something, something. Mm-hmm. And it, this book is only 300 pages and it shows because she didn't take any time to really develop the world. We're just supposed to know what it's like in 1791 England. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Because I, I guess I was waiting for her to go through like the registry that she kept of all of the women that came asking for st- for stuff to help them with and like really going into like, well, you know, Susan B was uh, being abused by her husband. So I gave her a tonic. So then that way she could um, subdue him. So then that way he wouldn't do that to her anymore. Like we didn't get those little like stories at all. We only got the fact that Nella would not give out poison to harm another woman. Another woman. And she stuck by that. And then when she did, that's when all hell broke loose, which is what I'm assuming what that means. Which is mm-hmm. cool. I mean, great. I mean, she doesn't do it on purpose because the woman was threatening to, you know, expose her. So she didn't have a choice, really. And I guess you could say I kind of like that. Uh, that's where it went downhill when she accidentally killed another woman or tried to. Mm-hmm. She she broke her own rule. Uh, but, mm-hmm. yeah, it just wasn't enough meat on the bones of this steak to cr- create a good story. It was just, it was so much missing. Mm-hmm. I did like the fact that, like, River Thames is, like, a real place, that there's, like, a bunch of stuff there, you know? Like, is that a real thing? <laughs> I believe it is. I didn't. I mean, I know River Thames is a real river, but I don't know if muck muck raking or whatever they were doing is a real thing. I didn't. I was gonna look it up, and then I didn't care to. I didn't care. Um, what else was I gonna say? Uh, I don't know, baby. Well, let's talk about the end. Because some of the stuff I have to say is is mostly why I didn't like the book. It's not really about <laughs> spoilers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about Caroline and James first? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay. okay. You know, so Caroline's on this hunt to basically uncover the apothecary, right? Because she's found the bottle and she's determined to find where this apothecary was. And lo and behold, like she does find it and she starts taking pictures of the registry and like all the stuff like that, that has not been 
discovered before, you know, she's writing out all these poisons. Her husband's sick, sick. And he comes in and asks if she has NyQuil, no, DayQuil, right? And he ends up taking eucalyptus oil and ingests it to get her freaking attention. Because she has left him and doesn't know if she's pregnant or not yet, right? Because everybody's trying to get pregnant or is not pregnant or whatever (laughs) in this book. (laughs) You know, and so she is on the cusp of discovering what happened to this apothecary. And her husband gets taken to, you know, she has to take her husband to the emergency room because he's literally, like, vomiting blood and pale and, like, just very, 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 very sick. You know, and she's being questioned by the police and all stuff like that, which I thought that whole part was great. Because I'm like, who is doing research on an apothecary and is writing a list of freaking poisons that are lethal to kill someone? And the amounts that they are lethal. And she's having to explain herself to the police officers like, listen, it's just research. I didn't try to kill my husband, which by the way, he's been unfaithful, but I'm not going to tell you that because now that's a motive for me to do something to him. Like all of that was genius. But the fact that James does it willingly, I was like, where did that come from? Like he tried to kill himself or bring himself close to death just to get his woman back to him. What in the world was that? I was like, oh, no, he didn't. Oh, no. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of saw, I I didn't say coming too far ahead of time, but... I did. I did not see it coming I, at all. I called it because there was some <sighs> weird behavior before it. Like when he was sick, he 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 comes into the hotel and he's like, "Oh my god, I feel so bad. Can you leave? Can you get out of the room?" Instead of, "Can you help me? Because I don't feel good." He was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna vomit. Can you leave the room, please?" Okay, uh-huh. that was odd. And she's she responds, he doesn't like to be sick around people. Doesn't want people to see him sick. And I'm like, you know, and I'm thinking about my own husband, right? Like when you're like in the thralls of vomiting, you at least check on your significant other, right? You don't I don't think I've ever asked him to leave the like vicinity ever. No. no. I'll call you in if I need help. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess that was a point right there. That was odd. but It was odd. I don't know if I would necessarily say it was out of character for James because he seemed to be pretty manipulative. I do think that was ex- extreme. Like, mm-hmm. almost killing and poisoning yourself. I mean, I guess he had to poison himself because this is what this book is about, poisoning. I suppose. But that's really extreme. And, and the... The buildup and the climax and the resolution all took place in a, like a ten-page chapter. Mm-hmm. Yep, ten maybe ten pages. Yep, that's how quick the pacing of this book was, and it affected the intensity of it. 
Because mm-hmm. Gaylord comes in and is just like, oh no, she's doing research. I'm a librarian. Here's my library card. Okay, bye. Like, and then all all is well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're right. It's making me wanting to roll my uh, lower my rating. Like as I keep talking about it, about it even more, um, because it did play out like a Hallmark film would. Like, <laughs> oops, officer, misunderstanding. Oh, ha, 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 Aurora Tea Garden, you're so funny. Whoopsie. You know, that's kind of how it was. Or that, or that oh, is she gonna, is she gonna back me up? I really hope she backs me up, you know, that she can see from my eye look that I need her right now. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what is this, like, women banning together to exactly. save the world? Exactly. <laughs> And this is what I'm talking about. The writing is trying too hard because Gaylord or Gaynor or whatever her name is comes in Gaynor. to help her because women take care of each other. Yay. That's what that was. That's all that was. Yeah. yeah. They support that, that each other. I didn't like, I didn't like that because it could have been conveyed without having to say it, but it had to be said. And I was like, you could have wasted the words on something else, please. Maybe going into depth about into depth about other things. Well, and then I want I do like the fact that she leaves him. Can we just talk about that? I like the fact that Caroline leaves her husband. Like she makes that decision. There isn't no like mm, I'm gonna stay with you. It's fine. I forgive you. Well, she I know like you're only trying to be there for me. She has to leave him. It's it's growth. You can't write a quote unquote feminist book and let the woman go back with the cheater. That can't happen. <sighs> oh, but still, I'm glad that she doesn't. Glad that she doesn't. I would have been mad if she did. Well, that whole, that we? whole thing was. I was rolling my eyes because, of course, she she recalls something Bachelor Bob says about follow your instincts and your dreams and not your eyes or some bullshit. He said. I was just like, oh, here we go. Here he comes back full circle. Okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Try hard. Try hard. Should we talk about Eliza and her brave attempt? Yep. Okay. Can I just say, I cannot believe she jumped in first. I still... Like, I I applaud it. This is why I loved Eliza. Because her naiveness, yet again, was like, it's okay. I'm going to go in first. It'll be fine. I promise you. It'll be just fine. You know, it was just like that little kid-like thinking. Like, you still have hope and faith in these magnificent, magnificent things that are going to happen in this world. And she... Had no idea if this potion was going to work, right? She had no idea that it was going to. She just literally took it from a boy that was like, I am a product of it, and because of it, this is why I'm here today. But we still don't know if it was magic or if it was just coincidence or whatever. And she just takes it as, like, it's truth. (laughs) It's just such little kid thinking. I still cannot believe she 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 jumped. Yeah, I wasn't expecting her to jump. I was expecting her to not die though, because clearly Tom was going to end up being her husband. I mean, that was 
that was kind of obvious because she just she this author doesn't just throw in a character for no reason mm-hmm. there's so few characters in this book like that random kid that just came up and spoke to her clearly he's coming back in the story and her whole belief and hope and faith and magic was going to work mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily hate it because I didn't see it coming but it wasn't enough to absolve this book for me. Mm-hmm. And I was also calling her Elle Fanning. I felt like I needed to say that. <laughs> oh, man. See, I forgot that John was the dude that she met with. And so when she, like, ends up marrying him, I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> Oh, man. But I wanted to... Poor Nella. I wanted to know what robbed her of her time. Like, did she have a stroke? Was she dying of cancer? Was she dying because she ingested too many poisons and it all caught up to her? Well, she said her mom died of the same thing. Yeah. So I I don't know what it is. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what it is. And I want to know, did she die on the steps in front of that house? That was never documented. It was like her body just became like a wraith in the wind. I think I if had you will. given up by then. I don't know. I was so happy to be done. Do you know when you, when you are not enjoying a book and you, tur- and you think you're done and you turn the page and there's another chapter and you're like, oh my God, Ed, please. That's what it was for me. <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh, Oh, man. Yeah, I did not see Eliza coming back. I really didn't. And that that probably was just because my brain was focusing on other things as well. (laughs) And so when she did, I was like, oh, it worked. Oh, cool. Oh, she's she's alive. That means that Nella's not alive. And then I wanted to know if she held on to the apothecary legacy and she did a little bit with her man. So that was kind of cute. And she kind of just dropped it. So, yeah. That's all I really have to say. Unless there's something else you want to talk about. Nope. Okay, well. You guys, that has been our review of The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. Join us in a few weeks. We are going to be discussing book two. And the King of Scars duology. So we're going to be reading Rule of Wolves by Lee Bardugo. And if you have not heard, the Grisha universe is coming to Hulu? Netflix. Netflix? Or Shadow and Bone. So if you have not read that series, that is her first series. And it is in the Grisha universe. Grisha? Grisha? Grisha Universe. I think it's Grisha. And it's like Russian. Grisha? Grisha. Yeah. Grisha Universe. Mm-hmm. It's coming to Netflix. So we are super pumped because Don is a Bardugo fan. <laughs> so is Ashley. But Don is way more of a fan than Ashley is. <laughs> so we're very excited to discuss mm-hmm. their next book with you guys. Until next time, we'll catch you in the next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.